0: <laughs> is this Big or is this? This Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand.
1: <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear? pong
0: Bam. Bam. is a <laughs> sus individual. What is this podcast I see staring straight back at me? Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox.
1: And I'm Kyle Skinner.
0: And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at mouse madness Pod. Send us an email at MouseMadnessPodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at Patreon.com slash mouse Madness.
1: Chris, I had a lot of fun talking about these end credit songs and I'm so glad that we were able to get into this area of Disney music. It gets kind of exhausting talking about the same Disney songs over and over again in yes. different contexts. And finally, we get a handful of songs that we've either never talked about before or maybe you have never listened to before.
0: Yeah. Um, super fun. Uh, we talked a lot, it feels like, on the last episode, ran yeah. quite long. But believe it or not, I still got plenty more to say yeah. um, about all this music. And we are welcoming back our pop musician. It's Elizabeth B. Uh, Elizabeth, um, how's it going? Uh, you uh, are a performer of popular music. Occasionally you dabble this at, 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 at local open mic nights throughout the SoCal area. Have you ever considered throwing in any, maybe some Disney into your rotation?
2: Totally. It has crossed my mind. And you know, what's so good about Disney is that it's so simple. Usually the chords are very easy to play um, CFG, baby, all the way, one, four, five chord progression. So I have definitely thought about it. Don't know where I'd start, um, but it, it's it, my time is coming. My time is coming. So I'm really stoked to be talking about the popular songs of the end credits.
0: Well, you've already got a uh, driver's license in there. So you're kind of Disney yep. adjacent with some Olivia Rodrigo.
2: <laughs> this is that is true. Good point
0: uh kyle let's talk some spoonfuls of sugar what do we got in our cup over there today
1: after last week's atrocity of a Mm. drink that i made i Mm. uh decided i'm not gonna dip back into the liquor cabinet for this part too so i uh had some we had some leftover white cloths so i have a white cloth that i'm gonna sip on uh we have to clear out our fridge because as we're recording this We're heading off to Germany for 10 to 12 days, so we got to get rid of some stuff that we need, that we don't want to go bad. Not saying that White Claws will go bad, but it gives me an excuse to drink them on a you know Monday morning or Monday morning, Monday night. So I'm going to have this delicious strawberry White Claw, which isn't necessarily my favorite flavor, but you know what? It's going to have to do. Chris, what do you have this week? Are we going back to the, the farm and pulling up a little spinach over there?
0: No, we're back on the soft drink. We're back on the uh, Walmart checkout lady-approved diet root (laughs) beer (DRB). But I had to had to spice it up a little bit. Uh, We received a very gracious gift uh, from the Miami Marlins organization uh, while the team was in was in the area. So we got to give a shout out to the Marlins. Uh, They gifted us a, a great spoonful of sugar mug kyle um oh it it is an official billy the marlin uh (laughs) mug with a full-on like sword snout look at that whoa look at that pretty nice pretty nice
1: of the marlins to give that to you
0: it's so fun to drink out of and like uh it it reminds me a lot of those plastic um disney mugs that they used to sell in like the late 90s that were like molded to people's faces This is exactly what that is, but it's Billy the Marlin.
1: That's a Disney on ice mug if I've ever seen one.
0: Yeah. So uh, thank you to the Marlins for this gracious gift um, to me, uh, as well as uh, 4,099 kids that entered (laughs) the ballpark that day. Gotta love it. Elizabeth, uh, are we drinking anything in SD today?
2: Uh, My spoonful of sugar is I'm eating a piece of cheesecake.
0: Oh yeah, and that's going a literal down. Spoonful of sugar, <laughs> that is.
2: Uh, I, I got, I got my water. I'm sticking to my, my promise that I'm gonna, I'm cutting back a bit on the alcohol. Um, Fair. But instead, I will continue to, to consume sugar in the form yeah. of a cheesecake. <laughs>
0: what kind? What kind of cheesecake we got? Is this a classic like uh, New York cheesecake, or we got a little Oreo cheesecake? It's
2: got like a a chocolate graham cracker crust. Mm. Um mm. with regular cheesecake filling. And then I think there's also some like blueberry cheesecake uh Ooh. aspects to this. And there's also like a, a white chocolate shell that was like in the My my roommate brought it home from a party. It was this very like opulent cheesecake. And so I'm like, yo.
0: Sounds bomb. Yes. Yeah. Sounds really good. It's very good. Wow. Yes. The nice. fork fork full of sugar. <laughs> um, For real. All right. Uh Kyle. To remind everyone the demographic that we surveyed to get our original field of sixteen uh best Walt Disney animated studios and credits songs
1: yeah we uh we took to the internet once we again did. and we uh shamers of disney adults uh were our demographic that we reached out to because last week we had a a story go viral on Reddit that made its way over to the big three social media networks and it was a bad one. It was a doozy. These, this couple decided to forego their catered meal for their wedding and their guests. And in return, they took that money and they got themselves a visit from Mickey and Minnie Mouse for some photo ops. And I don't know about you, but I think I would prefer to eat that night as opposed to get a photo with a couple of people in character costumes. So I am with these shamers uh i think that it's unfortunate that these this couple put their story on the internet to begin with they should have known what was coming uh but we asked these people uh who were shaming these disney adults <laughs> <laughs> uh what was their favorite end credit song to an animated feature from disney got 16 great ones a ton of missed the dances uh but we were left off with 8 after last week's discussion uh, number one's True to Your Heart by 98 Degrees, and Stevie Wonder from Mulan is going up against the number eight Reflection by Christina Aguilera from Mulan. Uh down the brackets, the number four, a whole new a whole new world from Aladdin, done by Pebo Bryson and Regina Bell, going up against the number five, How Far I'll Go from Moana, as done by Alessia Cara. Cross the brackets, number two, Beauty and the Beast by Pebo Bryson and Celine Dion. Versus the number 10, try everything from Shakira and in Zootopia. And rounding out the Elite Eight, it is a star is born from Hercules as performed by the Muses. Versus the number six, when can I see you again? It's performed by Al City from Wreck-It Ralph. Chris, I started off last time, which means you get to take this Mulan v. Mulan matchup.
0: Yeah, this one's like technically an extremely easy matchup because you have... Two songs from the exact same end credits, so like whichever song is better is obviously going to advance <laughs> here, right? Like, yeah. Um, I don't have a whole lot to add to the conversation. I feel like we've talked about both of these a lot. Uh, Kyle, you hit on a really important point uh, when we talk about uh, "Be True to Your Heart." Um, Mulan, not about a love story. Uh, It's about being true to your heart in in like your identity and the way that you go about your business and the things that you choose to pursue in your life. Um, Whereas the song True to Your Heart is really about trying to convince someone to agree to being in some type of romantic relationship with you, even though that they're kind of skeptical and being like, hey, look, you know, that feeling of that feeling of hesitation that you're feeling right now that you don't really want to get involved with me. That's, that's just you not be true to your heart.
1: That's just your heart speaking. It's and once just you listen heart. to it, down from the heavens I will come to enter into uh, your life.
0: It, it's me. It will be me. I will me, shower you. I will give you a shower, a love shower. Um and Oh boy. And yeah. So I'm not
2: sure how I feel about that one.
0: Yeah. I love that this song is upbeat though, you know, that yeah. I mentioned this on the last episode. You just got through an hour and a half, maybe two hour movie, and hopefully you enjoyed it or maybe you didn't enjoy it. Don't know. And then the credits start rolling and a song comes on. And I I see the end credit song as like the bow on a present, like the present's already inside. The present's already wrapped up. The bow's not really necessary, but like it's going to draw your attention a little bit and it's going to affect it the way that you receive the present. So it should be a good one, right? Totally. And and you contrast the the super fun, upbeat, exciting nature of True to Your Heart with a song like uh, the Sting one from Emperor's New Groove. Uh, <laughs> what is it called? My Funny Friend and Me, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh huh. Like you just had this hilarious movie in Emperor's New Groove, all about a talking llama, and it's just high comedy from beginning to end. And then it's like, Sting is like, Oh my, my funny friend Mm in me. mm -hmm. Just so slow and boring. And it's like, that's not the note that you want to leave your audience with that. They've just sat through this movie with you. Um, And so Mulan really ends on, on a very happy note. Um, Like you said, there's a big fireworks show in the uh, emperor's city head back home Make Daddy proud. Uh, the ancestors are out getting turned in the little yep, gazebo, up. <laughs> uh, and then it, and then it transitions into True to Your Heart, and it's just so fun. The Stevie Wonder harmonica. I mean, ah. you kind of, you kind of like, you kind of like offhandedly, we're like, oh yeah. And then there's the Stevie Wonder harmonica, blah 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 blah. Let's just take a, a take a moment to acknowledge how incredible that that harmonica is. And how important that harmonica is to this song and and to the enjoyability of this song.
1: I feel like if you don't, if you listen to this podcast, especially part one, and you don't remember True to Your Heart, the minute that first harmonica note hits that eardrum of yours, right? Memories are going to come shooting back because it is just so iconic of Stevie Wonder to hit us with that. it's like, oh, just, I just,
0: I want to like <laughs> slap my knee and like, you know, bob my head a little bit. 98 to de- 98 degrees. You, you, you talked about, you talked about the inclusion of 98 degrees and it being kind of like they hadn't really achieved a lot of success and like, let's kind of get them up to that level. They're definitely number three in the nineties boy band power rankings. Oh, you know, yes. like, it's not even you, a
1: close third. <laughs> it's
0: not, it's like, it's like the top two can go either way on a, on a good day. They're they're you know, the 2021 Dodgers and giants, you know? Like, yes. Right. One day it's one, one day it's the other one, but 98 degrees is like the clear, the clear third place team. Yeah. Um, But I think they do a great job with this song, you know, like, like, They were given something that uh, is somewhat structurally sound and is enjoyable to listen to. and Yeah. I think they did all that they really needed to do with it, and that was sing in a very (laughs) sweet way. Yeah. Yeah. Reflection. I I dissected it a little bit um, on the last episode. They changed the lyrics in a way that I don't really enjoy. Um, It kind of makes it feel less specific and a little bit less heartfelt. It's an interesting parallel piece. To, to, to the piece that's in the movie, though. Because, like, you know, in a way, you want the pop song to be a sort of a different take on it. You know, yeah. we, knocked, we knocked two Orugitas in the last round uh, for being just... It's just the same song with the English lyrics. Uh-huh. So, you know, I can kind of appreciate the, the spin that Reflection puts on... Uh, the Christina Aguilera version puts on the Leah Salonga version. I'm for always sure. going to be partial. To the musical theater vocals, yeah. Um, Christina definitely puts a lot of those Aguilera f- flourishes in the in the. I don't know what you call that, like when you go. <laughs> Is that called something, Elizabeth? The riffs. Yeah, the riffs. You got the Christina Aguilera. Oh, riffs in there. oh
2: no, that was horrible. Don't put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in there. Ah, Christina's too, here. Too oh, welcome, Christina.
1: Thank you, <laughs> thank you for joining the podcast, Christina.
0: I, I think I'm gonna. I like the original. I just have such an appreciation for the original song. You know, like I mean, sure. it's not at the end of the day they're all Mulan songs, so like it's not that original. But the idea that it, it stands alone, you know, and it, and it has its own identity as a credit song, hmm. really appreciate that about True to Your Heart. So I, I'm, I think I'm moving the number one seat on to the the final four.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, and I kind of want to talk about the lyrics in "True to Your Heart." I touched on it already with it being close but missing the mark for this Mulan story, and I think that is okay. It does not need to be right on the nose, uh, mm-hmm. but there's definitely a reason why they went this route. At least I think I have a theory about it. Talk about it in the next round because 98 degrees and our boy Stevie Wonder moving on past Christina Aguilera, uh, Elizabeth, you're childhood favorite movie or childhood favorite soundtrack is this the choice that you would have made
2: all my dreams are actually coming true right now <laughs> and i wish that that like i could actively listen to true to your heart as we're talking about like through the whole podcast that's actually what i've, I've been <laughs> wanting so very happy
1: backtrack. <laughs> maybe very. it'll be our new theme song one day oh it's us.
2: so good
1: think we got to get nick lachey on here and talk about his 98 degrees uh experience recording this song that's our next that's our next uh outreach is to the lachey's all right let's talk about this next matchup it is number four a whole new world verse number five how far i'll go and these are two songs that are just recreations of songs that are in the film uh obviously you have pebo Regina doing a, a beautiful soft pop, soft rock duet, driving Chris a little crazy with that, that soft pop snare, the tambourine, a little charm action, heavy on the scents uh, the efferal synths that you have floating over your head as you listen to something like this. The Celine Dion version of Beauty and the Beast takes a little bit more creative liberties than this version of A Whole New World. This one just sounds like they took exactly how it was composed in the film and then turned it into the genre that they wanted to. They didn't really take any risks with it. They didn't really add a whole lot to it. Um, but you can't really go wrong when you're throwing P.O. on a on a verse, on a hook. Like His voice is just so soft rock 90s that no matter what, Disney was going to have some sort of pop hit on their hands and which i brought up last time they did uh, the first number one disney animated film song on the billboard charts before we don't talk about bruno comes in right so uh, it's also funny because this feels so 90s that in the middle of this soft rock duet ballad about love you have this just ripping uh guitar solo
2: Smack oh, yeah. dab
1: in the middle of it, right, and that's something that I always forget about this song because I feel like it's reached this iconic pop song level that you just think pebo and Regina—that's all you think—and then all of a sudden, partway through, you get the guitar solo, which is so on the nose for its time. All—all all of these pieces we're gonna look back are just of the time, and that was on purpose. They wanted them to chart. They wanted them to leave the disney movie sphere and enter pop culture it's very michael eisner of of the disney corporation to want to bring in pop stars to put their mark on a disney song in hopes that it is this mutually beneficial relationship between the two of them right so they nailed it here obviously they got it right uh if it it charted so high won all of these awards so i really appreciate that uh how far I'll go, uh, a sl- I think a sleeper as far as like pop covers go. I don't think that it really got the play that maybe some of the other ones did. Maybe because, and I think it is because the original version was just so good and people latched onto that original version. As we see it being the 1 billion view video on YouTube as opposed to the 222 million views that Alessia Caras has. People really enjoy Cavallo's uh, version of this song and so much so that they're willing to watch the snippet of the movie with the song as opposed to an entire music video. Which I think is also telling of how powerful the, yeah. the movie version of the song is. Also, people just don't like see Jeans on the Beach, I think. And All right, they let's see just, that thumbnail just, and they're like, you know? they're like, what is Alessia doing over there? It's good. It is. I Every time I hear that like attempt attempt drop that they throw in there with Alessia, the minute it happens, I'm like god, this is so bad. And what? then I get about and I get about 2 seconds past that and I'm like no, it's not. I actually really like this a lot. The first couple of notes are like this is kind of corny and then you're like, oh no, this this fits, especially when it kind of carries that vibe into the second verse. This like, I don't. I almost want to say like island flavor. Yeah. The, the way that the percussions are hidden in the back, uh, it, it the song moves forward. It doesn't kind of just stay put, and I really like that about it. And I think that's why I'm gonna have an upset here. Ooh. I think I'm gonna have how far I'll go go past Peebo, uh only because it doesn't just sit like a whole new world does. It takes the essence of how far I'll go, especially at the beginning. Uh, builds up the ballad, and then takes it in a direction that doesn't do a disservice to the song, but actually builds upon it.
0: Um, the Whole New World uh, end credits remakes, we talked about um, Colors of the Wind on the last episode and how yep. the when you remove the visuals and the Mencken score from the sequence, you're reduced to like 10% of right. the power of the original song. And a whole, this version of A Whole New World does something sort of different. Um, in the movie, Aladdin and Jasmine are on a magic carpet ride. And as we discussed on the best Disney love song bracket that Elizabeth was a part of, um, they're flying at, on this magic carpet at the speed of sound. <laughs> Just like breaking sound <laughs> barriers. Their bodies are turning into jello because they're flying uh-huh. so fast. Um but it's like a double meaning. It's like I'm I'm going to share the whole new world literally with you and also a whole new world of like romance with you. Mhm. When you hear this Pebo version, you don't have that distraction of like the physical location changes. Mm-hmm. Um and so you have no other option than to hear this R&B style song as a very sort of romantic, sexy song about <laughs> two people falling in love and showing each other new ways to do things or, you know... Mm. <laughs> people
2: getting crazy.
1: I mean, Connor, you know, we're
0: both he, like, <laughs>
2: What is he going to say? <laughs>
1: oh.
0: It's just like, it's just two people coming together and... Yeah. um <laughs> and discovering be, a whole new world be, together. Exactly. Be, being able to discover new things about one another and uh, being exposed to new types of romantic experience. I don't know yeah. how to, I don't know uh, how to say what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, I don't hate it is, is what I am ultimately trying to say. It's a good okay. compliment. I'm going with Alessio Cara, though. Uh, I'm going with, I, like I said, this song just gets a lot of play for me and I just think it's a great time. So, so Alessia is, uh, is going to the final four to meet 98 Degrees and Stevie in the next round. Elizabeth, how do we feel about this? We sent home Peebo for the Alessia Cara, uh, dance pop beats.
2: I'm breathing very intensely (laughs) right now. Um, (laughs) why you gotta send my boy Peebo? Why you got to oh, yeah. so send bad. him?
1: He's got another life to live. Okay, in he does.
2: He does. He does. Um, you know, I do. I have to understand that how far I'll go was, you know, very important to your Snappa experience in <laughs> at the dull playa. So uh-huh. I, I'm just going to say, go, go live your truth. Live your truth.
0: Let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's hop over to the other side of the brackets. Uh, where we have the number two seed Beauty and the Beast as performed by Celine Dion and Peebo yep. yep. from, from Beauty and the Beast uh, versus number 10 Try Everything as performed by Shakira from Zootopia. Uh, I, yeah. laid out, I laid out all my cards on both of these songs in the last matchup. I don't like Beauty and the Beast in the movie Beauty and the Beast as performed by Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Potts. Ah, uh, no dispre- r- disrespect to her performance. I just find the song to be very boring. And okay. I find the animation sequence to be incredibly overrated as well. Uh try everything. I think it's a fun time. It's super basic, but I do love Shakira. Uh and and there's a great message behind this song. Uh the the very cliche percussion beats in Beauty and the Beast. Uh I, I can't I cannot Come finish on. I cannot finish the Give song. It. I can't finish this song ever. Uh, so I, I got to go with Shakira. Got to ride uh, the gazelle to the next round.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I tried to kill and bury, try everything in the last round. I'm going to do the same. I'm not huge on Beauty and the Beast as a song, uh, but I do really enjoy this version. Obviously talked about last time my nostalgia bias for the soft pop soft rock genre to begin with and this one really solidifies that I think that this is very much within the essence of that soft rock genre uh, to the point where you have all of those kind of riffs and flourishes from Celine and from Peebo that weren't in the original song they took it and made it that pop sound that they are both really known for way riskier than A whole new world, which I really like. It's different. It's not just the song from the film done to a soft rock tune. It it is they've changed it. They've switched it up. We get a little synthesizer, a solo in the middle of it a little bit. We get some bongos. You hear some soft bongo riffs. You hear some chimes. It's just it's so good. Try everything is so annoying. I do not like it one bit. It is the downfall of Shakira. She is probably ashamed of it. She probably doesn't even want to perform it ever again. Uh, And she, she, uh, I don't know. I hate this song. So I'm going to go with the number two, which means that Elizabeth is going to determine this matchup.
2: You guys, uh, I actually like, like I'm scared. I'm like scared to say what (laughs) I feel right now because I feel like you guys both feel very strongly. And when I say you guys, I mean, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um again these are two very uh iconic songs I mean I think try everything is legendary it is visionary oh, I mean I stand by what I sa- said last week That I think the lyrics are interesting doesn't mean they're good but it means that they have uh They carry a lot of weight, I think, because they're just so new, like the idea of making mistakes and failing and stuff. However, if we're talking about the musicality and the pure beauty of music, I naturally have to lean towards my girl, Celine Dion
1: so 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 what are we talking so
2: what we talk in here is a nice little bargain uh <laughs> it's to say that kyle lost the battle but he won the war <laughs> and i'm sending through beauty and the beast pibo and celine do it not Peebo sorry lives pibo
1: lives
0: <sighs> pibo on,
1: much to Chris's chagrin, we are moving Beauty and the Beast on to the final four. Who will Peebo and Celine meet? What's up between? Number three A Star is Born versus number six. When can I see you again? To be honest, this is my finals right here. Oh, no. <laughs> this, is a, this is a Kyle finals right here. Uh, talked a lot about a Star is Born and how good that song is to wrap up that film mm-hmm. uh, and and just how good the muses are in general and i enjoy that they were able to do something different i think that this is a different sounding gospel song than a lot of the other ones in hercules uh without needing to bring in anybody else they just kind of let them go nuts and you hear it like the the vocals feel so raw and so passionate and i love that in in an end credit song i i like that it keeps that energy up so that you you leave the film feeling uplifted almost like you would leaving church to something like this uh so i i just love a star is born so much and i'm so glad that we get to talk about it because like i said last time i think that this is a very slept on song in the hercules soundtrack i don't know that people even consider it sometimes when can i see you again uh wanted to talk about this because this one is kind of interesting to me Uh, We talked about how it became the theme to Paint the Night, which was in celebration of Disneyland's 60th anniversary. Uh, It was written by Matt, I think his name is Thiessen, T-H-I-E-S-S-E-N, and Brian Lee. Matt was a songwriter and the lead singer of a Christian rock group that was called uh, Reliant K, but Reliant is spelled with an E, and so I look, try to look that up because I'm not super religious, so I don't know what things mean. Dude, uh, you
0: and, don't know Reliant and, K? Come on, all right, man. So relax,
1: because uh, le- let me tell you, it's named after the rock group's guitarist's car. He drove a Plymouth Reliant K, and they needed to spell Reliant differently in order to avoid trademark infringement. So they were called Reliant K, named after the guitarist car, and they changed the spelling so that it, uh, it they avoid infringement. Uh, Brian Lee wrote uh, songs for a lot of pop singers uh, like Fifth Harmony, Justin Bieber, and Post Malone, and a lot of those are some of the the bangers that we know and love, like Post Malone's Goodbyes. They hmm. wrote he wrote that for Dang. Post, so he's been doing this for a while. If this is Al uh, City. And the church or the the Christian rock band aspect makes a lot of sense to me in this song because this song feels like a like church summer camp anthem. Like this feels like the end of of church camp you or summer camp in general, I guess. But the it it feels so innocent and so fun until you start reading in between the lines. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like
0: I. I feel like this is maybe the sexiest song we have on this bracket. And
1: and I think that is still very Christian rock of them. You think about some songs by like uh, Lifehouse. That's a Christian rock band. And like every slow song that they've ever written has all of these like sexual innuendos that they're like, no, dude, we're talking about Jesus. I promise you. It's like, no, I don't know, man. (laughs) That sounds like you're trying to court a woman to bed this doesn't sound like you're talking to jesus so i think that still my my take there still holds up but the the synth in this the bum 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 sounds very similar to you guys know walking on broken glass by annie lennox no oh man if you look up that song the piano riff is very very similar uh to this and i feel like uh our boy Brian Lee might have known that and took some took some uh, inspiration from it but anyways love that riff throughout everything it's very very juicy synth riff and what's so funny and Chris you just alluded to this sometimes these lyrics get a little little interesting it sounds like a song in which it's like we've had so much fun on this adventure uh we're joined at the hip your sidekick needs you uh life's what did he say? Life is a trip, the road that leads you. Great, that's that aligns with Vanellope and and Ralph and the trip yeah. that they've just gone on and the yeah. adventure that they've gone on. But it also sounds like this song is a conversation between you and somebody that you've met at a club, and you need to make sure that like you're going to see them again. So like, especially like any part of the chorus. Like, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been super fun, but I, I have to go. It's 3 a.m. The club is closing. I, I have to go. But uh, be, before I hop in this Uber, can I get your number? Like, I, I want to know when, when we can see each other again. Take it the next step further is that you met this person at the club. You've gone back home and this is the conversation that you're having uh, either that same night or the next morning. You know what I'm saying? And the second verse, when uh, our boy Al City starts talking about being joined at the hip, your sidekick needs you. Uh, life is a trip down the road that leads you. It sounds like from the first conversation that that they had after that first night together, they, they got back together. After night two, Al City is like, so what are we?
0: <laughs> so, classic so Christian boy, us? classic <laughs> Christian boy, so like are we so we have a label. do you think or? you think we're gonna get married now, or
1: yeah, right, I mean, I'm kind of your sidekick now, kind of <laughs> attached at the hip, haven't we? It's been real fun, I mean, we held him uh, anyways, right? when can I see you again <laughs> uh so i I think that not only was that intentional, uh I think it was very smart this is that that pop play, this is the you know in the in the slightest chance that this song catches on with an adult demographic in the slightest chance that 20 something's like this song and it gets into you know club play or bar play uh, at least we need to have a very vague messaging system that can be translated to their lives as well uh, yeah. and while it is very very vague and very cheesy I think that it works for Wreck It Ralph because that movie was very cheesy and that movie yeah. wasn't incredibly deep. Like it, this fits that energy, uh, not only in its sound but in its in its lyrics. I think it. I I just think this song is such a good end credit song, which is why this is my finals. The these two, in my opinion, are the two best end credit songs on this bracket for what they do, tying up their movies alluding to messaging that you have seen throughout the film to begin with, and then sending you out of the theater on a high note or an excited note to, to leave you wanting more. You will probably want to go back and see both of these films because you left on such a high note. So it, it's tough. It's tough. I think that just because it's such a pleasant surprise when it really shouldn't be, I'm going to go with the stars born from Hercules. Uh, and that's just a bias pick because I think that either of these could go forward and I will be completely okay with it. Uh, I think they're both great end credit songs.
0: I, I really love A Star is Born. This was actually the very first song that was performed when I went to the Disney on Broadway uh, benefit concert. Um, oh. And it was super cool because I mean, I don't really watch Hercules very much. I didn't grow up with the movie and like how the songs kind of run together unless you listen to it a lot, which. I don't um and they start singing a star is born and I was like what what am I missing like <laughs> I thought oh we were uh, this they a were crit, new sing- christmas
1: song what's going on here
0: <laughs> I thought we were singing disney hits here y'all <laughs> like what is this <laughs> um but, you know like it was great they all crushed it but um but it is a really fun song like this is like mama odie wishes that right. that she this- had the power That this kind of gospel Disney song has. Oh, she Um, wishes. No, uh, I like what you said about it feeling like kind of the the song that you listen to on your way out of church or something. Because the comparison that I would make would be Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, the song from the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, which happens as kind of the grand finale number. Uh, Mm. Jesus Christ. And like, they're all like on stage and they're all singing and they got like Judas came back from the dead and Jesus came back from the dead (laughs) and they're, and they're all like wearing white and they're just jamming. Um, and it's kind of sends everybody out and it's like, not only is it a fun number to end what has been an enjoyable media product, but it's the it's the beginning of a new story. In Jesus Christ Superstar, mm. it's the beginning of Jesus as, you know, our savior to the universe. It, in yeah. Hercules, it's Hercules beginning his existence as like the God, the mythical God that we, that we look up to and that we talk about and that we remember. Um, and I just think that it just goes that extra sort of mile uh, to, put mm. you, to put you in the energy that you walk out of the, the door and you go, Hercules is around us, you know, like he's... <laughs> He's Her- with us. Hercules is everywhere. He's in the sky, like uh, <laughs> a a star is born. It's not like that's you know that's the story. This is the end. It's like this is this is the beginning. Like we yeah, this is just an origin story for Hercules. Um, yeah, he has his whole life ahead of him now. It's an all agra- around a great time. Um, the only criticism I would have is that it's it's short, um, and also it just doesn't really feel unique enough you know like it hmm. feels like this could have come at another point in the movie you know like it's performed by people who performed in the movie it's uh-huh. a very similar style to the songs that were already in the movie it's almost like it was like the last track that got cut from the soundtrack um, hmm. and, and for that reason I'm going with Owl City because okay. I like I like the weirdness of the let's let's make this a cash grab attempt where we where we grab a, a semi popular pop star and and give them this song and just hope for the best. So I've got when will I when can I see you again? Advancing. So Elizabeth, you're breaking a tie. The tie breaks haven't been coming a lot uh, to you, but this is a big one.
2: I'm in actual shock uh, currently. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like everyone knows what I'm about to say again there's this there's a standard there is a standard and i see chris's point of view with the wreck it ralph song um i just i can't get over owl city i i gotta give this to the muses and a star is born from hercules is going forward and it's not my fault it's not my fault it's just my (laughs) truth
0: (laughs) sure sure i mean sure it's fair. I mean, Owl City, uh, I feel like never really stood a chance, um, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I, uh, Star is Born, great song. Uh, great we'll message. To the, great, sure, sure, totally. Um, and it will advance to the Final Four and our first Final Four matchup. Uh, who will get to the finals? Uh, will it be the number one seed, True to Your Heart, versus number five, How Far I'll Go from Moana? Uh I mean so hard for me just because like I said I love the uh, Alessia Carr remix um true to your heart being being the original song definitely uh makes me want to kind of favor that. I would love first right. I would love first to hear your thoughts on the the lyrics to this song. I want to hear you break it down a little bit more.
1: Yeah, so my theory is that boy bands sold this idea of, like, making their girl, f- girl fans' dreams come true through, like, these love messages, right? And that, like, f- by finding love and finding someone like me and I'm singing to you, mm. every lyric is for you. Uh, once you find that love, you're, you've, you've won life. Uh, it's kind of over and over again in these boy band lyrics and the best example that lines up with this kind of true to your heart like be a good person always tell your truths and someday you'll end up with me and really it's you'll end up with someone like me or you'll find a love that you think you want and that is going that is your peak in life almost it's kind of what these are coming off of the comparison is and sinks it's going to be me and that song is all about how when you're kind of lost in life and when things don't seem okay and you, and you you need to find love guess what that love is going to be me so like the lyrics of the of the JT uh, chorus is uh, every little thing i do never seems enough for you you don't want to lose it again listen i'm not like them Baby when you finally get to love somebody guess what it's going to be me. Like you no know, if and you're not going to find the right one the the there's not many fishes in the sea uh, you if you you don't need love to to be you that's not the message here. The message is when you're when you're trying as you're trying to find love you're never going to find it because it's me. And I think that that's a theme that translated over to 98 degrees here. And it's also evident because if you watch the music video, which I don't necessarily recommend, it's very (laughs) stuck in the nineties, but it's this like unfortunate fetishization of Asian women. And like, it's the, the, it takes place like in China and it's, 98 degrees trying to like court this woman and it just feels awful (laughs) the whole music video feels awful and then they'll cut to stevie wonder like in a different like studio space playing the harmonica and stuff in a completely different vibe i don't know it's super bizarre but i think that selling of love and packaging it as fixing your problems is a major theme of boy band songs and so in order for this to maybe hit pop charts you got to stick with that formula
0: thank you um i uh i think Alessia Cara the how far I'll go remix is certainly a product of its time um i mentioned yes. sort of the the rise of the tropical trap drops in in popular music uh dance pop was becoming a thing um but I, I, it, it almost feels like True to Your Heart is just this perfect combination of things that just scream late 90s Disney. Hmm. You know, you've got the boy band. You've got the, the, the weird harmonica. You've got the idea of it being sort of a, an attempt at a single. Michael Eisner's in the mix still. Yeah. Um, it just feels like it's you know it's not a song that was in the movie already it's right. it's got all of those perfect elements of a Walt Disney Animation Studios end credit song that i really like feels like we've been sending a lot of number 1 seeds to the finals lately but i am going to do it again here
1: yeah i think i have to do the same honestly i think that it sticks to that formula I don't know that it always needs to be the the pop group to get the you know the the um to qualify it as an end credit song because it's not always the case while it is often the case but you'd still get Elton John doing his stuff, you get Phil Collins doing his stuff in two movies, uh, Great Mouse Detective started out with not a pop song. Uh, and that was the very first one. So I think it's whatever you want. There's definitely a block in time in which it was grab the nearest pop singer and make them do this so that we can maybe get onto the charts. Uh, but I I, I think you're right here. True um, to Your Heart just feels more like the pleasant surprise of an end credit song as opposed to How Far I'll Go, especially right. because How right. Far I'll Go takes a little bit to build in Alessia Cara's version. It's that, I mean, both versions. Uh, and that's not necessarily what you want in the end credits. You kind of want that to hit you in the face and and be celebratory uh, for your hero and for the film. So I agree with you. 98 Degrees will move on to the finals as the one seed. Elizabeth, did we get it right?
2: You got it right. I'm proud of you guys.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's see who True to Your Heart is going to meet in the finals. It's number two, Beauty and the Beast versus number three, Stars Born. There's no contest. It's a star is born here. I like the 90s nostalgia. Obviously, that's a huge bias of mine. But I think that A Star is Born just knows how to send you out of that theater, reminding you of what you saw here today and empowering you to take it further. And that's a a great way to end a film and to acknowledge uh, its impact on the audience as well as uh, recapping kind of what you just went through. So. Number three, Star is Born, is going to go to the finals for me.
0: I, I, I'm going to take this opportunity to finally send Pivo home. Uh Finally, home. finally send the weird uh, tambourine percussion echo uh, on the fourth beat home. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really taken me a long time to finally do it, but uh, down goes Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I'm down. I mean, uh, I, as I said last round, Star is Born, great song, a lot of really cool elements involved. Um, So I think it's a great pick to go to the finals. Elizabeth, uh, parting words for Celine Dion. Uh, the queen is going home.
2: She's going home, but it's her time. It is her time. She fought a hard battle in this bracket. And I, I agree with everything that Kyle's, Kyle's been an advocate for Star is Born since the beginning. Um, and And I respect that. And I'm ready to see how the finals is gonna go.
0: Cool, 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 cool. Um, I mean, this is on the one hand, like we have a really great uh, outcome here for me. Uh, I'm really happy that we've seen two songs make it all the way that were not featured in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I so many of so many of the songs that made this bracket are repeats of other popular songs that came out of their respective movies. But if you look at the full roster of like every single Disney credits song, most of them are not that like most of them are random (laughs) songs that Disney just was like throwing a dart at a massive dartboard when the bullseye was itty bitty. I'm um, hoping to strike it big. We didn't even talk about like the Tim McGraw song from right. Home, from Home on the Range. Uh, we yeah. didn't talk about the John Travolta and Miley Cyrus song from Bolt. Uh, we didn't talk about whatever strange thing they dreamt up for Princess and the Frog like
1: oh with Neo. Oh.
0: Just there are so many more obscure one-off songs in this library than there are like pop star doing a song that you probably already love. Um, so, right. so I'm glad that all of those songs have gone home uh, and, and we're left with a couple original credits pieces.
1: Totally.
0: Um, I, I've really said all I need to say about, about these. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I think a star is born is a better song. Uh, it has, great vocals great musical accompaniment um it's it's genre specific it's really high energy um and it it relates to the story as well it's not just a random like (laughs) love song from a movie that didn't really have a love song um but we're talking we're not talking best song on this bracket. We're talking no. best Walt Disney Animation Studios end credit song. And yeah. and and the winner for me of this bracket has to be a song that is a little bit weird, that is a little bit of a one-off. It's a little bit ooh, WTF. It's a little uh-huh. bit this doesn't make sense. Uh and that is that is True to Your Heart. Uh 98 degrees times Stevie Wonder does not make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, a love song about two people who just need to get over their hesitations coming from the movie Mulan that had none of that in the movie doesn't really right. make a whole lot of sense. Uh, it's just all of this randomness that has come together in just a f- randomly fun way. Uh, and that's, that's all I really need out of any of these end credit songs. Uh, So I am crowning True to Your Heart by 98 Degrees and Stevie Wonder from the movie Mulan as my winner of this bracket.
1: Yeah, I, I see your point and I totally understand it. I think that there is some validity when it comes to the end credits songs and it being so outlandish that it almost catches you off guard. I think I even brought this up where... Oftentimes, these end credit songs, the the weirder, or the wackier that they are, they catch my attention quicker. Uh, can't Help Falling in Love with You uh, is a perfect example where it's like this song I, I definitely know, but w- this arrangement is bonkers. And here I am enjoying my listen because it is so outlandish and so crazy. Uh, but I also think that an end credit song needs some of that enjoyment factor. And a lot of those that you rattled off from the long list of end credits are not enjoyable. There's They're outlandish, but they're not anything I would ever want to listen to. That Neo song from the end of Princess and the Frog, awful. Zoe Deschanel does a song for the 2011 <laughs> revival of Winnie the Pooh, awful. Uh, Immortals by Fallout Boy. Awful song. Like that like what was Fallout Boy even thinking in that era? Like it, it's outlandish but it doesn't land. And I think that True to Your Heart definitely definitely does land. I uh, it fits not only that it's time but it also doesn't do anything that like puts me off of it. But in this list there's so many that do that. Like they're just garbage. Outlandish and garbage. This is an outlandish ish uh, it still lives within the realm of being true to who you are in the message of Mulan, but then having to force the boy band aesthetic into it. Otherwise, how are you going to make the charts? 98 Degrees is trying to be known as this NSYNC Backstreet Boys carbon copy, and they need to stick to that form. They need to stay true to their hearts, <laughs> uh, and so they do during this song. And I, I get it. Them pairing them up with Stevie Wonder and only wanting Stevie Wonder to do the harmonica and Stevie choosing to sing on the song is also something that you don't necessarily expect. Uh, so I I totally see what you're saying and you want that and have it not be completely connected to the film, but I still think I have to go with the stars born here. Uh, you were saying that you felt like the a lot of the Hercules songs almost meshed together, especially if you don't know the movie very well or you don't listen to the songs all the time this is like in all of those kind of gospel songs this is a huge standout like this it sounds completely different from a lot of their other stuff in the beginning of the film whereas very storytelling slow build with a big big chorus this is just celebratory from beginning to end and you also get the 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 men muses showing up oh in this song yeah. as well at the yeah. very end you get some some male voices hopping in to help support uh it, it's just everything about it is just so great and they don't use incre. they use a ton of fluff in their lyrics but none of it is corny like they're still telling the message they're still telling you that through thick and thin through any challenge that you encounter just embody that inner star in you because you you can do that. Stars are born all the time and the next one can and will be you, just as it was for Hercules. Uh, I just I love that so much. And it's that I've leave the theater feeling like, damn, yeah, not only was that a good film, but now I feel very empowered from it. True to your heart is like that was a real good film. And now I got to listen to 98 Degrees, try and court a lady after we just went through this female empowerment journey uh, for the last two hours. Uh, so I, I get it. And I think that it deserved the number one seed and it's going to be on your boys rotation. Chris, I'm sure it passes the Bay bridge test. You're driving through the, the Bay bridge maze slapping a little 98 degrees, sure, uh, but it's sure. definitely going to be a star is born here for me. So that means that Elizabeth is going to crown oh. our best Walt Disney animated feature. End credit song.
2: What are you guys doing to me, huh? What are you guys doing? Sending
1: you through the ringer. Hey, we gave you an easy pass <laughs> throughout these two two episodes. <laughs> it's time, time to get oh the money. Oh my
2: gosh. Oh, uh, you guys have such good points. I literally like can't even speak more um on this. It's two very different ways of storytelling. And I actually was able to look at the music video a little bit while you guys were debating mm-hmm. this and it is extremely strange and very weird. It's like, there's this lady, this like Asian woman walking down a hallway and like all five of the guys are just like following her. And it's like, what's that? And then there's Stevie wonder, like in the background on top of a thing and like drew Lachey is sitting there. Like it's so, it's so whack. It is super whack. Um, But Chris brings up a good point. That is like, it, it, it's, on point it is it is true to disney's heart which (laughs) is chaos and randomness and like you think it makes sense in the moment but then you go back and you're like wait a second that that wasn't actually the point at all um so obviously the criteria here for best disney pop song is uh is a little bit gray it's not it's not black and white uh not many things in life are black and white, but this is one of those situations where it's like, oh my God, I I wanted I want True to Your Heart to be so v- clear, Um but Stars Born keep, keeps creeping in and great storytelling, amazing musical line. I mean, vocals unmatched. Like you can't you you can't beat that chorus and very gospel and uplifting and celebratory. Um so I think I'm going to have to give this one to a Star is Born. Oh. Because it it makes sense. It makes sense and that is why because it makes sense. And it will that will be on my rotation but so will true to your heart. So will true to your heart.
0: Uh, Stevie Wonder is rolling in his grave right now. Um <laughs> wait is stevie wonder still alive i think, <laughs> he's, alive. I think he's, he's still, still alive, alive. <laughs>
2: oh, <God. laughs> i think chris knew that
1: yeah he's definitely still alive so, uh, uh, sorry stevie sorry stevie. more so uh just really upset wherever he is okay. currently uh, all right we've done it we have reached our our penultimate uh pick of this entire bracket it is a Star Is Born, as performed by the Muses from the film Hercules, as the best Walt Disney animated feature and credits song. And as we do, at the end of every single bracket, we are gonna clap it out. Oh man, I I still think that the uh the final matchup was Owl City versus Muses. Uh, but I I'm glad that we got to get 98 degrees on a bracket because true to your heart unlocked some some, uh, musical memories. I didn't remember. I had It's true. Sure.
2: Same. And that's why I felt like I couldn't choose it because it's like, is this, too my, obvious. it's too obvious. And my, my nostalgia is, is my compass. And it's like, I'm working against it. It's like, get, get, get out of here. Eh Why am I succumbing to my nostalgia? But
0: <laughs> that's good. That's a healthy exercise. Um, but you know Disney doesn't like that they would would say no Um, All right, well we've done it we've crowned another winner Uh, Elizabeth thank you so much for joining us for another song episode another Mouse Madness episode it was great to have you we hope you had fun
2: I did have fun I love you guys
0: well we love you too and I'm sure all the Mouse Madness listeners do too (laughs) hey listeners that does it for another episode of Mouse Madness. We finished up another bracket um, and we'd love to hear from you. If you have something to say about this bracket, if you have something to say about any of our brackets, we haven't received an email in a really long time and we, we would love to, we would love to hear from you. Give us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com and just say, just say hi, just drop in and say, we're listening. You know, we're out here. If you'd like to hit us up on social media, we are on instagram twitter facebook and discord all of those channels are linked in the description of this podcast if you'd like to uh, become a member of jerry's gang you can head over to patreon.com slash mouse madness and join us at the five dollar level where you will gain access to two bonus mouse madness episodes a month as well as access to our seasonal disney trivia and just the occasional mouse madness update uh from your boys uh, we'd love yep. to have you there it's a great time Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on another Bracket. And just remember, be true to your heart.